0: Hello, and welcome to Broken. Broken is a fly-on-the-wall podcast. In each episode, listeners will get a peek into the views and thoughts of a couple of guys bullshitting at a donut shop. Most conversations revolve around the Christian faith and its relation to the contemporary American experience. However, it should be noted that the views and thoughts expressed on Broken are an unconventional take on modern Christianity. On today's episode, we are joined by Chris Bovey. Nathan Peabody, Jacob Schwartz, and Brennan Pointer. Without further ado, here is Broken. Where do we start at? Are we recording? We're recording, but we don't have to start yet. I just, you know, getting us ready. Yeah, where do we start at,
1: Nathan? No, okay, going back to last episode, um, we want to be able to, and we don't have to publish this, but we want to be able to, you wanted to address something, right?
2: Oh, I was just saying, I felt the probably the biggest comment, um, and this is, we're just jumping right in, I guess, but... Why not? You... You said, because I came over to your house. I'm going to tell you that. Closer? Closer, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I came over to your house that one night, and we were talking about how I grew up, and you said on the podcast, and I'm talking to Chris, um, that the way I grew up sounded abusive, or you used the word abuse. And I just, one thing I didn't feel like I really pushed back on that very much, um, particularly just because of the... The, what the word abuse means, um, to you or in general, well, I mean, it's, it's used so widely is what I mean. Like, I don't think you used it inappropriately, but I should have clarified that there was no physical or sexual Uh, or anything like that. That makes sense. So. I don't expect my parents to ever listen to this, so I don't <laughs> think it'll be a problem at all. My mom listens but, to every episode. Does she? Yeah. yeah. It's strange. I didn't know uh, that. Uh, that is a little Yeah, uh, that is a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, there was some stuff, in, and I don't really have anything, I guess, to clarify. I just went back and listened to that podcast, and I went, wow, Nathan, do you really believe that? Because just some of the stuff I said, particularly, particularly in relation to church... Um, But it was good because I went back through and rethought through a bunch of stuff. So some of the stuff that I felt the need to clarify, I suppose if I listen to it right now, I may have a thing or two that I would be like, well, I don't know that I agree with that statement, but that's also kind of the point of this podcast is like, it's just kind of off the top of our head thoughts, I guess. So there,
0: there, Um, clarified isn't that, I mean, that's the most amazing thing about being human is that we get to go back on things that we believed and, you know, we can, we can fess up to when we were wrong or even when we were right or when we thought we were right. So I think that's a probably a good lesson learned. I probably should go back and listen to my podcast. I don't listen to my podcast because mm-hmm. I just, I edit them. I go through them mostly. And, and then I had to say, I put it out there. And then my mom listened, like you said, my mom listens to him. I'm like, oh, I don't remember what I say on podcast. Oh, shit. I mean, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and and my mom really does listen to all my podcasts. So it's like a a lot of different ideas and thoughts from Brennan. So um, she definitely enjoys this one because I talk about my, I've been, you know, I talk about my time in the church and she thinks that's super interesting because she affected that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, I, I think it's, I think that's a good perspective to have when you're going back. You, And if you do have a podcast, you should go listen to it because it does help you get better at podcasting. And I should, I, I should challenge myself to listen to more of my podcast. <laughs> so, and I think
1: if I hear you correctly, like part of the big thing was, uh, when you were talking to me, saying that, wow, I don't, I didn't know I really believed that,
2: right? Yeah. 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 In some cases, it would be, I didn't know if I, I didn't know I believed that, at least enough to say it. Um In other cases, it was, I need to think about that one a lot more. That was a very definitive statement I just made, right. which I do. Like, that's part of how I am. That's how we all are. Though. Well, you know, i at this point in time, I'm, I'm, I'm not super gray. I'm like. I the way I live, I have to believe that what I'm doing is right in order to move forward. Yeah, and no, so sometimes absolutely. I will move forward and make what I'm doing right as opposed to making sure the way I'm going is right. But Yeah. And and I think it's huge for me because I grew up all of the church background that I have was extremely or highly valued accuracy. Um, when it comes to doctrinal issues, which I think is obviously valid and important. I'm not saying that's not a good thing, but it is amazing to me how hard it is. Like, I can be wrong about anything except that. Hmm. If I'm wrong about the Bible, that seems catastrophic. So me changing an opinion or saying something publicly that I'm not 100% sure of. Biblically. Biblically, yeah is a little bit freaky. At the same time, the result of that is you become a hundred percent sure of stuff and then it's very hard to change. Yeah. So in order to talk, you become a hundred percent sure. Like before you preach, for example, sure. You want to be pretty study, confident. Yeah. And so by the time you've already got up there and preached on a subject, you're pretty well set in what you believe. And then um changing that opinion later with either new evidence or a different understanding of things. Is tough because you're like, Man, I stood and I preached and I taught this and I taught in my case taught youth group for like Mm. eight years and it's like, ooh, you know. So that's why it's hard to listen to a podcast (laughs) on a theological level for me and be like, Wow, (laughs) I can't believe you just said that, Nathan. Sure.
1: There man, if any of my previous sermons were recorded, you know what I'm saying? Like
2: what kind of hillbilly church did you go to? They didn't I record them? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's funny. But, you know, I, I'm sure, and like you said, Brennan, like, uh, that's part of being human. You know, uh, at this point in time, you, you know, you have both feet in the sand and you're like, okay, I definitely believe this. But if you asked me today, you know, if I believe in a lot of the same stuff that I preached a long time ago, I was like, I don't know. I don't know where I would fall, mm-hmm. you know, uh especially things outside of the bible mostly stuff outside of the bible when it's just uh doctrinal issues or things like that you know what I'm saying like um a lot of it's just guesswork you know uh, when it comes to me or the church or anything like that but but anyways yeah but i i mean one of the one of the things you brought uh, you wanted to ask yesterday was
0: Brennan's story yeah, does, he, does he know
2: this I don't did yeah you, yeah you, I
0: should I feel the man yeah or, he, he he texted me yesterday and said <laughs> hey I think we want to talk about your story and about you know and yeah and no, I, I don't know if you want to Oh I, I, I know, know I I didn't <laughs> I, just bring it <laughs> I mean I'm a, I'm an open book when it comes to talking about stuff publicly um and I mean it I don't I mean I guess it could hurt come back to hurt me I I but I don't know like I, I I try to take a side of being very agnostic currently about religion and about beliefs and you know what afterlife is and, and all that all those all that my story is pretty basic in terms of my time in the church. I, I think I mentioned probably a couple episodes ago. My mom, so my 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 childhood in the church was me going to church on holidays going to my grandparents going east maybe easter christmas services that was pretty much it i always thought church as being a this really spiritual place like it was very spiritual when i was a kid like because the churches i went to had stained glass windows they had humongous ceilings Mm -hmm. it was very like hymns it was very i went to a lot of protestant type churches um and then when i got to spokane we moved here to spokane in 1991 and the church my parents took me to and we started going on off and on was Whitworth, Whitworth, Whitworth Presbyterian. And Whitworth was, if you've ever gone to that, um, wh- where they're at, they, I mean, it's a pretty old church and they have like stained glass windows and it has the pews and it's very, it's very churchy and it, it's, it's, it's calming to be in there. Uh, and I believe they did hymns, and they have a little bit more progressive, I guess, uh, what do you call it? What's the music part of praise, praise and Worship. Praise and Worship, yeah. thank you. Um, so I, we, I went to that a couple times, and I talked to my parents about God and what that meant and Jesus, and I had actually neighbors that were Mormon, and I was very super interested about Mormonism. I actually, our neighbors had a a Mormon um like they had someone stay at their house. I got um, on a mission, That's right. and so the the guy on the mission actually befriended me. This is I, I'd nothing. Nothing happened. It was looking back on it, it was very weird that a like a an eighteen year old, nineteen year old man was interested in like reading books to a like a ten year old, and and he would come over and read to me. And I was I was always interested in like what the Mormons were doing because I knew like. I knew my parents didn't really like the Mormon. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> and, or at least, like, it was a different type of Christianity that they were used to. And, like, they would, my, they would tell me stuff of what they're doing is not actual Christianity. And, like, I was just like, okay. Like I, and when I started getting into the church, so what got me into the church was we were going to Whitworth. And then Whitworth decided to break off and ter- form a sister church. Um, called Colbert Presbyterian. And Colbert Presbyterian uh, started meeting at Mount McKenna High School, and so we met there for the first four years of my through pretty much throughout my entire time in high school. Um, was meeting there at the high school, and that's where I went to youth group. I got baptized at my school, high school. I on on the on the auditorium stage. I was a leader in my youth group. I did um years of doing small groups and eventually the 8th graders coming in when I was a uh a senior I started mentoring them and started doing small groups with them and so I I really like I was all in on on Christianity like I was why it, it was for the social aspect of it, I believe, looking back on it now, like talking with my, you know, talking with my therapist and talking, like, I really, I really craved um, being wanted. Yeah. I loved people recognizing me. I loved being the center of attention. And as a, I was an awkward teenage boy. Like, I was just like, I wanted attention, but I wasn't getting it in high school. I was kind of nerdy, not nerdy, but like, I was just kind of like, I don't know, I was... I can't really explain myself. I felt like on, I felt on the outside at high school. Sure. Um, that might've been because I ran cross country um, because I grew up with a really bad lisp. Uh, and I, and, and when you go from elementary to junior high to high school, all all with the same people, mm-hmm. the people that are now the popular in quote are the ones that were making fun of me in grade yeah. school, calling me, like making fun of my name. I couldn't say ours. My name is Brennan Pointer. When you're can't say your Rs and mm. you're you're saying your name Brennan Pointer, like it's like you just can't say it. And uh and I just kinda got made fun of a lot. I don't know why, but when I went to youth group, I didn't have that. I wasn't being made fun of. People were actually looking to me as being kind of this like the center of attention because I was very when I get around people that I'm used to, I get very uh I just get really happy-go-lucky. I'm very, I like making jokes. I'm I'm very sarcastic. And when I was at youth group, I just felt wanted. And my youth my youth group leaders made me feel very wanted because I gave them a lot of attention, and they saw that I, you know, wanted to, you know, learn about the Bible. I wanted to I wanted to go do one-on-one small groups. I wanted to be a part of every piece of youth group when I was in high school, and I really really enjoyed and craved that attention from my youth pastors and i'm actually still friends with all my youth pastors um and they're great men and you know one of them is not no longer even practicing christian and i mean i don't i don't take any of what i'm doing now from him but like yeah it's just it's interesting like in my time in church was great like i i did a lot of i I preached a couple times, like in Presbyterian churches, like in my church especially, my pastor was very progressive, very open to ideas, very, like, it It didn't feel very, I never felt, people always talk about, I, I don't know if you guys talk about this, being scared of church or being scared of God or, or stuff like that. I never was scared of any of that. Mm. Like, I always felt of it being very, a loving place, like, to me, God was love. Jesus was love. All of this meant was very. It was very hunky dory. Like it was very like, very very good. Um, and then, I went through all this. I what the one of the biggest turning points was when I was a senior in high school. Uh, right before I, right before senior year started, my church decided to let go of my youth pastor. They let him go because, this is all hearsay, but um, from what I understand is that he didn't do a good enough job getting more kids into involved in the youth group, and there was only a handful of kids that really enjoyed going. And I think what really happened was there were some parents that really saw how much some of the kids enjoyed it and how much time they put into it, and they wanted their kids to do that, but they weren't getting that attention from the youth pastors because the kids just weren't showing that type of wanting to be a part of it. And so that was kind of a, that's something my mom told me that one of the reasons why she thinks uh, my youth pastor was like, go. And so my senior year, there was no full-time youth pastor. They had a couple of interns um, from Whitworth take over the program. I was a senior, so I was pretty much leading all the junior high stuff and, and I was kind of being the big leader (laughs) um in high school like I was like the the number like I was like leading everything else and but part of like I think that's like the roots of what started me like getting really questioning stuff was how terrible people were how terrible some of the Christians in my church were and then and then I and then I met my wife my senior year in high school um we went to two separate high schools. But can I interrupt? Yeah, 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 Please interrupt. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, a lot of questions to ask here. <laughs> like, you, it,
1: you say how terrible some of them were, but some mm-hmm. of them were loving. I mean, you, oh, described, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you described the love that you felt there, yes, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, or that you were wanting to
0: belong or wanting to be wanted, you know what yes. I'm saying? Um, I feel like... Was that genuine? Or I feel or? like that was genuine. Um, I, no, I, I definitely... I still... I will tell anyone, go to Colbert Presbyterian Church uh, their, The pastor there, Eric Peterson, is salt of the earth person. He's an amazing human. He's caring. He cares about our community. He does things in our community a lot for uh, him and his wife do a lot of stuff for uh refugees. Um, uh, they, they do a lot of refugee programs at, at, at Colbert Press, and they just have really big hearts. And I think they're just great, great people. Uh, and I have nothing bad to say about my pastor. Um, and, but to answer your question, yes, I, I, I do feel like there's a lot of love in my church. Um, I, but I do think part of my looking back on it is, it's like, I feel like what should have been my best year, my best year in church, like my best year in youth group, was, he, was taken away from me because I was a senior and like I, I lost my, basically my best friend and and I still met with him and I still hung out with him and um, he was still around, but like it was just, it just felt really, I felt really lost. And when I felt lost, I started really turning to more, for lack of a better term, secular ways of... Expressing myself in my senior year, and this might have all been for the best. But like, I, I went, I started I got into debate, joined the debate team, did some dramatic stuff in debate. In debate, there's like two sides of debate. There's the debate part where you like debate, and then there's like a dramatic side of things. I was doing the dramatic side of things, and then I was also in um, the school play, and I like decided not to run track my senior year, and I was, and decided to do the school play, and my my mantra for my senior year was carpe diem. (laughs) Like, did you meet Adam in high school? so I met my friend Adam in high school. Actually me and Adam, um, me and him hated each other. Hmm. Um, um, Adam is Adam. My friend, Nathan, he was, uh, him and Chris were went to the falls together and did plays together. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, and yeah, I did a play with him and me and him were kind of like, not enemies but like we didn't like each other like I didn't like Adam he didn't like me for and then we were in that play together and he didn't have any interest in me being in that play with him cuz he was an actor and he was this was what he did and and basically what happened is all these people who never acted decided to go out for this play and the the director the the the, the lead of the what the teacher who was the lead of everything was really excited that all these non-acting kids were coming out and a lot of like a lot of kids who were always in the plays didn't get parts yeah and anyways Uh and so I did that I um lived by this term of you know carpe diem my senior year I really wanted to find a girlfriend I did that um I was doing the school play I did I like gave a senior speech at my not my at Graduation, but at my like lunch, I was just really like active. I got really into being more active in school and putting myself out there more. And and you're act- still kind of involved in church, and I'm still kind of involved in church. One foot in, one, one foot out. Yeah, and that thing. but then I, in the back of my mind, I, I still have these eighth graders that I need to mentor. And like, and at the at the same time, I'm still very involved in. The church. I'm very like. I'm very much much a mouthpiece for Jesus. I'm still doing all that. Like this is not like Brennan. Like I'm. I'm now not Christian. This was like I was Christian, but now I'm doing. I'm going in different directions. And I mean, my senior speech that I wrote. I also was part a um a, a sermon that I gave. That same weekend at my church, I gave a sermon at my mm-hmm. like I did a, a like a, a secular version for school and then I did a like a more Christian version and I related it to like <laughs> probably something in Colossus. Uh like in that book. I think there's a lot of like positive stuff going on in Colossians um, and I had but I don't remember the I don't remember the Bible verse I used. Uh, my mom has that sermon somewhere. I should find out. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but the the congregation probably loved it because it was like 15 minutes until so like I think church was like probably 30 minutes short that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then everything just changed after that. Like I I met my wife Abby and. I, like during high school, during high year? school, like yeah. senior year, like March 16th. So coming up and um, we'll be together in 20, we'll be together 20 years in a month. Wow. Congrats. Man. In a month. That's amazing. And, uh, and, and then my life just became about being with her. Yeah. And, and it was still from a place of God. Like I was still very, like I was still trying to be, I went to, I don't know if you guys remember this guy and you might, cause you're around the same age. There's this guy named, oh, what's his I forgot what his last name is, but he, him and his wife would do these tours around the the United States. They were a couple and they were all about like being a, like a knight in shining armor for your wife. It was very like that mentality of like, you need to like be like, it was this mentality of like saving a woman Mm. and like, and how you need to like be that warrior for, of God for her. And so like, I took that as like, I needed to basically make, my wife Christian because my wife wasn't Christian, and and that didn't really work because like and I started getting into life. I got I was eighteen. I my wife was not Christian. She but and I and I we I, I for lack of better terms I like went down a road of probably like doing stuff I should have been doing when I was eighteen. I was I drank a little bit. I smoked a little weed. Like I had sex for the first time and like. I feel like I got kind of open to a different world of things that I had never experienced before, and stuff that I felt like I, I feel like, oh, I might have missed this in high school, and uh, and then, I, but but, I,
1: but you're still in the church, and yeah, and, I'm still in the church. I'm still going there.
0: I'm still going every weekend. You're, and, you're going
1: into leadership now, and now I'm in leadership. That's interesting. So yeah. there, you're kind of living two different lives, right? I mean,
0: yeah, I was living. I was living two different lives like I definitely but at the same time I'm like I'm going to now I'm going to college I'm I'm learn I'm one of the guys on one of the guys on my paper um, came out like to the class and like told us that he was gay and like that was the first time anyone had came out to me and I'd lived this entire life of like being very like like gays are going to hell. Yeah, sure. Like, that's like, that's very against the Bible. And then, like, that's black and white. Yeah, exactly. And then I started meeting people that I was just like, this isn't, that doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I got into my, like, my first election and it was like voting for Bush versus voting for John Kerry. And I was like, well, like, Bush wasn't very popular at the time and for at least for young kids. And so that was an easy, like, flag to, That was easy to get behind. And I just like, and yeah, I was going to youth group, but I was going, I was helping at youth group. So I was doing my small group, but honestly, my small groups were like, we would, I don't even know what we did. We played Super Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube is what we did a lot. And, and we would read and we would, we would spend the first 30 minutes reading from the Bible, doing some type of small group portion of it. I was also, I also had a Whitworth student with me that was friends with me, um, that we were fr- like, and he helped me as well. Like, so he was more the partner who was helping me out was doing most of the like heavy lifting with the, the Bible stuff. Like he was the one who's keeping us on track. I was bringing the GameCube stuff. Uh, <laughs> and, but I need to backtrack. My time in youth group was where it was very, like, I got into it. I was very into the whole learning about it. I did not retain any of it. Like I, and I was intentionally, or um, I was a bad student. Like in like in high school. Like I graduated with a two point one GPA, um, which doesn't mean, well, for whatever whatever that means. I was a bad student too, as well. Like, yeah, same thing. And I, I just didn't retain any of it, and I didn't practice it. Like my practicing was not. It was all like, it was all wearing it on my shirt like putting the 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 Jesus fish on my car wearing the 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 cross necklace like the being very like like happy and like giving people high fives and being like the like the guy I am now but like on the veil of like for Jesus and but like I didn't you know I wasn't learning bible verses I wasn't retaining that I was just very much you know, if you believe in Jesus, you're going to go to heaven kind of thing. Um, but, like, it was never – I do partially believe, and this might be talking with my therapist, is, like, I do partially believe it was a lot about wanting to look Christian. To like, belong? To, in belong. Order to, to, to belong and to also, like – also being Christian was, when I was in high school, like, all the guys that were really cool in high school were super Christian, and all the girls loved – them because they were super Christian. That's valid. Yeah. And and I, and I wanted to be like those guys and, uh, yeah. And so I just never retained much of it. I was never like, I can never recite Bible verses. I, if I was doing Bible study with my youth pastor, it was literally me probably reading what I needed to read 30 minutes before, just so I knew what we were talking about. It was never studying like my studying, my, what I like to like the, I was really into like the Christian music and Christian literature. Like I loved reading like the left behind series <laughs> and like I, but I was also like a kid of pop culture. I loved video games. I loved popular music. Like I loved like anything mainstream um, from hip hop to R and B to rock, like in that, that, that mid that early two thousands era. Like that was like, I was into everything Eminem. Like it was, It was everything, like, worldly, like, I was also into. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, like, it was, like, and that was, like, my, but that was my calling card for youth group. was, like, I was a secular kid who would always bring these things, secular things, back into the church and, like, give a point of view, like, how can we make this Christian? Like, it's not Christian, but we can make, we can take things that are from the world and make, take it from a Christian perspective and have it become relevant for how it relates to Christianity. And like, that was like something I even did in Bible study. It was like not Bible study, but in youth group was being able to like relate um, Christian values to like the latest song that came out from someone, Eminem, Eminem, whoever, like, how does this like, how can we make this,
2: Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> yeah, like there right. were there, there were pieces that was where easy, like right?
0: yeah, there were pieces where like. But anytime I was listening to music, I was listening to it from like a point of view of like a Christian. Like, how can I, how can I make myself feel better about listening to this? Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And or how can I get like Matrix? Matrix yeah, came out in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Like, and honestly, this is really funny. We went and saw that for Sunday school. Wow. Like we all like hopped in a parent's car, and we all went and saw Matrix. And then we all had, like, a youth, a small group afterwards and talked about the...
2: You saw it at the theater? Yeah, saw so During it was, Sunday school?
0: Like, after church on a Sunday. Oh, okay. Like, not like, during so Sunday school. The like, were open at 9 a.m. or what time did no, you No, like, we Sunday? probably like went on, like, a Sunday, like, at noon or something like that. Right. But, yeah, like, that was... I mean, Matrix is probably what started <laughs> it like, all. And if I
1: hear you correctly, taking things... Of pop culture and trying to like fit them into a Christian perspective. Yes, and everything how it fits and blah blah blah.
0: Especially rap music, any type of rap music that like because they, I mean, a lot of rappers talked about God, Jesus. Like, I mean, DMX is an example. He uh, he had this album when I was probably like a sophomore, or junior, and he had an album and he had like multiple prayers mm. on the album, and. And I was like, this is, I mean, this is Christian music. <laughs> like, and it wasn't, but like, you know, like it was, he was a a Christian man probably. And he was, he had this struggle with, you know, being a rapper and being a, and being a Christian. So like, that was how I like related to it. Uh, and yeah, I have one really clear memory of when I was like listening to all the secular music and I brought it to youth group and my youth pastor was like, this is, Awful. Like you shouldn't be listening to this. And he'd like called me out in front of everyone. It was like really embarrassing. Wow. And that's kinda stuck with me. Like and yeah. I've told him about it since. I'm sure. like, that really like messed me up, dude. And he was just like, Oh I was only twenty one <laughs> like, you know, and I was that's like, yeah. Sure. Like sure. He's like, I wasn't making the the best decisions then. <laughs> Sure. and um but yeah, like and then I think I'll fast forward back to when I met my wife. I, you know, was doing small groups, so I I really felt passion about, you know, doing, being a, being a mentor for my, because the, the, once they got into ninth grade, I was out of school and I really wanted to, I really wanted to see them through high school, like the four years through high school. And multiple of those kids that were, that I was mentoring are, I'm still friends with, which is really nice. Like I'm really good friends with one of them who, He's now, he lives in Taiwan. He's getting his, um, he's going to the business school in Taiwan. And he's just, and I've, but I've just maintained a great relationship with him. Another kid was um, the youth pastor, not the youth pastor, was the pastor's son. Um, and I'm still, I, I see him every, try to hang out with him like once a year and catch up with him and see how he's doing. He's like, he actually works um, really close to Revival downtown. His name's uh, Drew Peterson. Um, but he like works right across the street from, uh, uh, Catholic charities right down there. So anyways, and yeah, there's, I still maintain relationships with a lot of these people that I met, but, and then it just kind of all changed. Like, I just, I don't know what actually, what the switch was. I don't know if it was getting married or, and then uh, finally like having the weight lifted off me, like I'm now not living in sin. I'm now... 21 i'm now married i have other things to worry about
1: and you mean not living in sin because you got married yeah uh, okay
0: like i wasn't living in sin because we were living together i was like i don't i don't really feel like that was ever that was never really a big concern for me actually but like it was just it just kind of i grew out of it i don't know how that's I'd what i mean yeah yeah no like, i i like i get it i totally get it stop going to church i my the the kids that were seniors graduated um I was not going to church as much as anymore, and it just kind of just grew out of it. And there was a time where I got super bitter, and that might have been, like, towards my early 30s, and I started getting more like, I hate Christianity. I hate people in Christianity or in churches. I hate everything about it, but I don't really know where that came from either. Like, it might have just been resentment or... Sure. I don't know, but, like, it all just kind of... Then it all just kind of disappeared, and I just became more... And now... I'm just, I'm back to like the Brennan that was like super like religious, but like on a different level, like just on a different, like I, I believe everyone's can be right. Like kind of level, like, and I, and I, but I don't, you know, but I all, I have that thing in the back of my mind. Like, do I is, do I want to go back to church? I think I've talked about in the show before, like one of the things I always heard about in my time in the church was, it's better to hedge your bets. Like, believe in God because if you're right, then you go to heaven and you to eternal life. But if you're wrong, I mean, then what happens? Like, yeah. and so, or if you're not a Christian, what happens? And, and if it's all
2: fake, then what did you have to lose anyway? Yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't seem like a really good way to believe in anything like and like it's so I, i really hate that i still hate that like i don't i don't think that's any way to to live alive i and, agree with you and i agree but i was talking to a friend the other day and he was just like dude you're like you are friends with everyone on every side of the table like you you're friends with this person, you're friends with that person, you're friends with me, and, like, I'm super left, and you're friends with this guy over here who's, like, super right. And I'm, like, and I'm just, like, I don't, I think that might come from my time in the church. It was just, like, I was very accepting when I was um, in high school. It was more like I was accepting, but I was probably judging you behind your back. Sure. Like, I was being, like, absolutely. I'm, like, oh, you're, like, not Christian, or you're Mormon, or you're, but like I was super nice to your, to your face. Sure. Now I'm just super nice to everyone. And it's not, I don't feel like it's fake. It is real. And I don't talk about people behind their backs. Like, it's just like, I don't know. I just, I've, I think I've transformed more into like, I don't really know what I believe anymore. And I do believe that there might be something out there, but I, I like learning and I like just talking to people. Like, Part of podcasting to me is like just l- being able to learn about everyone's journey and figure out like, just learn from that, figure out anything, just learn from that, like learn about people's lives because we're, we're all broken people and we all have so much we can learn from each other and being able to have conversations with so many different people has really opened me to uh, so many different ideas. So...
1: and none of us have it figured out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like again, like you're talking about the journey that we all take, you know what I'm saying? Like the 21 year old version of myself, like I would have said that I had it figured out, but (laughs) (laughs) like here I am 42 and it's like, okay, yeah, I don't have it figured
2: out. still. you know,
0: but one of the reasons that I was so interested in doing this podcast is because I loved my morning coffees with my youth pastor and having small group and like, and it wasn't even so much the it was not so much the the bible study part of that i hated that part but i loved the the first like 20 minutes of the relationship catching catching up and talking about your favorite things talking right. about video games talking about you know what what's going on in your life and i love sharing and i love learning and and that's what makes me love being a part of this podcast because i think it is it is fun to talk to people about Cause I do miss talking about like religion and what it means to them and learning from that. Cause it's just something that I don't get to experience much anymore. Absolutely. Um, Same here. Yeah. And I think
1: on a fundamental level level, like I think we all crave that, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Just that relationship aspect of being able to connect with others and, and <laughs> I guess go through this journey together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and a lot of parts that resonate with your story with me is like just the desire and the want of wanting to be accepted. And you're, for me, I will, that's even at the cost of who I am yeah. inside, you know, my yeah. true self. You know, I'll, I'll hide that and I'll push that down and yeah. give an appearance. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean,
0: I will say I, I still crave that. Like, in, now it's not so much on, it's not on a level of, look at me, I'm Christian. It's more of like, look at me, look how much I love Spokane kind of thing. Like, it's like, I do still crave being accepted in like that type of community. And is that wrong or? Um, I think it's wrong. No, not genuine
1: or what? I don't know, fill in the blank. I think term. it's wrong
0: when you do it for the wrong reasons. I feel like I'm doing it for the right reasons. Um, I, I really do care about this community and the people inside of it. And and even outside of it, I just, I, there's this, but there's been a, you know, I've always wanted to be a part of that, that inner circle of this, what I consider like the cool Spokane. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that might be of like, why I was like, so excited to work with you or excited to work with Luke or excited to work with, you know, people that are in our community is because like, I like, it's like looking at the cool kids and like, once you but then once you break it down and you start meeting those people, you realize everyone's just the same as you. There's nothing more special about them. They just. Man, do you like how he takes a compliment and he gives yeah. you a compliment
2: and then just takes it right back. Yeah, you like that? No, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's Chris, hitting the a nail cool on kid. the head. <laughs> Chris, you're a cool kid. No, uh, I, keep, I
1: keep seeing the other cool kids, and I'm like, man, I wish I was a part of that cool kid group. You know, same thing. Yeah, yeah
0: and it's all fake. It all, is that it all is. all that side that side of like being part of the cool part of absolutely Spokane man. is all fake. It's it is, and I don't like to take myself too seriously there, and so, but yeah, it's still like I'm still craving all all that wanting wanting to be a part of a community, and I do think same it's it's different now, but like I still I, I feel like I'm accomplishing some of what I want, <laughs> and and. I mean, I, I yeah. Oh, that the inkling of always like, am I would I ever go back to church? Like, I don't know. Like, I there's something I take a lot of pride in is that my kids don't really know much about Christianity, and I've
1: never asked this question of you. Yeah, this just may, must be an internal question yeah. that you're struggling with. Yeah, like, am I wrong?
0: Um, I don't know if I'm. Like, wrong. what would want? Uh,
1: what would make you want to go back to church? Like, what is uh, what is that desire? I
0: don't. I don't know actually. I, I really don't know. I went. I tried to go back to church once about um, six years ago. I started a job for. A, I won't. I won't call them out. I want you'll, you. If you know who I am, I worked for a local carpet cleaning company. Um, and part of being part of a carpet cleaning company is you got to know people. You have to be able to go clean people's carpets, and I was just like, "What's the best way to meet people?" And <laughs> Clean their carpets. I'm like, oh, go to church, like. Oh. And so I, I actually went to someone's house and cleaned their carpets. And it was a, a young youth pastor who had opened up a church at Mead High School. And I was like, oh man, that seems really because I know that the auditorium at Mead High School is the same as Mount Spokane's. Like that will be very familiar to me. Like going to a church in an auditorium. And I was like, and if I can get back into this community, I can meet people and clean their carpets. Make a lot of connections. Make yeah, a lot absolutely. of connections. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but it wasn't from a good place. It was from a place of like trying to make money. And I sure. just like, I went and I was like, I did. and then I realized I don't, there's pieces of the church I just, I hate, I hate, like I, I've mentioned this before. I do not like the, the time after um, church when you have to, when you walk back through the hallway and you have to talk to people and do small talk or talk to the, pastor or whoever or like and if you don't why and if no i agree with you but why if you don't know anyone i feel very uncomfortable in places where i don't know people Mm. like if i don't know anyone in like a group like i whenever i go to like an event i try to take someone with me because i don't like going to networking events by myself i don't like going to events by myself like i always want to like have someone there to like buddy up with just in case i get into a a situation where i can't talk to someone like i want to always be like having someone to talk to, <laughs> sure, sure, and so it feels safer. It felt safer, and yeah. I also like I knew I was I knew I was going back to church for the wrong reasons. Like I mm-hmm. knew I wasn't going back to church to. I w- I knew I wasn't led to go back to church for to be, be a Christian. It was more like it was more selfish reasons, um, and so I only have that in the back of my mind because you always met people in the church who were going back to the church because they were missing something and they wanted to find, and they found it at, at, they found it at church. And you always heard about like ex Christians who, you know, wanted to find Jesus again. And so like, that always was like, that's something always in the back of my mind. Like I am an ex, like an ex Christian. I know, I know what it's all about. So in my, in 20 years when I'm, 50 years old or 40 years old, whatever. Am I going to want to go back to church? Because I know people did this. Like I know people it's cyclical. And so, yeah, I, I know that there's always that idea. Like maybe I will go back to church. I don't know. and I don't know what that means.
1: (laughs) One of the very first things that you said, like going to church, going to Whitworth, um, there was something very big mm. or, uh, you know, uh, uh, there was something special. There was something you felt, I, I don't know if that's even, you can put it into words, but you would go to church and you'd look at the stained glass and the high ceilings mm-hmm. and things like that. And you knew there was something um, special. About yeah. it. There was something bigger there. Can I guess one question for you, Brennan, is like, does that only exist in church or oh, like, no. that you feeling, you know what I'm saying?
2: Real quick. Yeah. Can you turn my headphones down? Oh, yeah. Is that possible? I don't know anything about technology. Um, and then also, I was thinking we should mention, well, that I'm sure it's better. Yeah. It's like 25% is my guess. Okay. 25% less. Um, we should mention Jake's not here, not because we kicked him off the podcast. Oh, but good call. Because he's traveling, and I will let him decide if he wants to talk about that when he gets back, but I just thought, oh, yeah, we should probably, which is why we were like, hey, we should. Mm.
1: Yeah, so yeah, yeah, good we call. We should make this
2: the Brennan episode. <laughs> good call. So, Okay,
0: done. Answer. Oh, no, I appreciate yeah. that. No, yeah, <clears> we <throat> should. I'll put something in before, just to let people know, just so they don't have to wait until okay, the, yeah, middle, yeah. Of the yeah. middle of the episode. I'm sure that's
2: what they're waiting for. I think your mom's the only one that listens anyway, so. I know you
0: guys get some yeah. listens. What? That helps me find a spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm... What was the question? Sorry. Was there question? Can it only
2: be found in church?
1: Yeah. The, oh, no. The, like, that the uh, feeling then.
0: Oh, I feel... Like, no. I, there, it, so it's a meditative... Um, I feel like it's a meditative practice of being in a in a calming environment. Like, I have moments when I do... Like, if you ever do like a if you ever use an app called Headspace or any type of meditative practice, like I get into that space, into that zone of feeling outside my body. And I feel like if anyone's Christian, who's done some intense like prayer, like where you're sitting and you are praying and you are really in the zone for lack of a better term, you feel that like that tunnel vision, that like almost being outside of your body and like I can I can get into that zone still just by being in a meditative state like being outside like in the quiet like I I go on runs up in Camp Sacani and Beacon Hill and like sometimes I'll stop at the top and I'll just sit there for 20 minutes and I'll just meditate and like I get into that what that that zone was when I used to like Pray really hard, yeah, and and then that makes me realize, like, you know, the power of prayer or the power of meditation is is real. And like, I feel like when I was younger and a kid, when you're a kid and you went to church, like you're in a it's a very calming environment, especially like the old school churches, like the churches where it has like the my memories of that those types of churches were organs, stained glass windows, pews, like. A lot of light coming in, like this. Very, very. This always felt very spiritual, Um and I still think that churches feel very spiritual. I haven't been to a church for a while, but like churches like that feel very s- sacred and special to me. Like still, and yeah, I still think I, yeah, I, I definitely feel I can still feel that even today. Like, is it's not like I'm missing missing that piece of it. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I think you know maybe maybe this is maybe it it is all connected like i am very like as a agnostic like i am very into the idea that all these religions and pieces are connected somehow like cuz if you look at all the stories i mean i don't research this stuff a lot so i don't can't speak well on it but if you look at the different stories from biblically or in even like stuff like in um like Greece, ancient Egypt, like they all have very similar stories. And I do think that there has to be, there has to be something more, more going on. And like, I would, that's why I'm so interested in like aliens. Like when we, if we ever find an alien race, like if there's like this idea of spirituality, like they have something too. And like that doesn't just happen randomly that all these people have these same, similar beliefs like everyone wants to believe in something higher we always we all want to believe that there's something more and like that can mean a lot of different things absolutely to me like spiritually like it could all be connected to it could all be connected scientifically too like there can always be like uh i feel like it all can kind of connect and if i
1: hear you correctly like maybe it's all just uh, humankind trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, for like sure. this culture is trying to figure out why we're here and the big picture and the big stuff and stuff like that. And then, like, I just got back from Hawaii, like yeah. uh, on a trip with my family and everything like that. Um, but we were talking with uh, some of the locals, and they were talking about some of their creation beliefs and uh, like how this big lizard formed this mountain and things like that. Mm. And, that stuff, I don't know. I, I, I love hearing those type of stories and, like, hearing how each individual culture, you know, is somewhat connected or just has their own belief systems. Australians, the Native Australians have the same thing. You know? Right, yeah. I, I love hearing that type of stuff. We were talking with uh, Jeff, and he was talking about Native Americans and, mm. and very much, you know, kind of similar thing, like – uh large beasts, large uh, coyotes or wolves or something like that. And, um, and I think that's all we're trying to do. You know, as a race, as a culture, everybody is just trying to figure it
0: out. You know, everybody
1: yeah. has a little piece of the puzzle. And
0: Here's my issue with all of this is, and this comes back to, and I know you guys can't, I don't know if you guys can speak on this, is when you do, when I do start getting into that zone of like believing in, uh, believing in like believing in this idea is that then there's Christians who are like I agree with you, but I'm right.
1: We all feel like we're right, but don't we?
0: I don't. But I don't believe I don't believe that I'm right. No, I I don't. Good. Believe, like, yeah, I, I don't no. believe that I'm right at all. Like because you're not. But like I've no, had, I'm joking. I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. Joking. Yeah. But I've like I've had Christian. I mean, no, I'm had, not right either. I've had friends that I've had conversations with this, and like I have a friend that. Constantly wants to witness to me. And I'm like, and I tell him, like, do not witness to me. I'm not, I'm not here for it. Like, it's not what I'm like. And I get, like, I was there. Like, I understand, like, this is what Christians do. Like, if you're an evangelical Christian, like, your job is to get people to convert. Change. To change. And like, you think you haven't done your job yet until. Absolutely. You've converted everyone that you've known. Absolutely. And I'm like, please stop. Like, like, I don't need to be converted. Does he hear that? Does he? No, he doesn't. He doesn't hear because he's (laughs) a evangelical Christian who thinks that he's right and wants to make sure that I'm saved. I'm like, just do. Like, why can't Christians just adopt the Mormon version and just get baptized for me? And like, that's all good. Like, you don't need to worry about me anymore. Or like, take the the other uh, (laughs) one of the not seven day Adventists, but like. the ones that go, to, other ones that go door to door, who just like, they just don't care about witnessing to people. Jehovah's uh, Witness, Jehovah's Witness, okay. Yeah, like, they just like, okay. there's a number of people that are going to heaven, and you're probably not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like. That's Calvinist. <laughs> you know? No, that, is that true? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, well, Jehovah's
2: Witnesses, I think, what he's referencing, I might sneeze, oh. is that. Um,
1: 144,000. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Calvinists believe it's predetermined. Right. But there's, but there's a certain there's, number. Well, but it's, there's it's been predetermined. Yeah, 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 I'm speaking from I, the Yeah, well, I don't mean. Yeah. yeah. The I, number's not limited. No, 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 that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 it's just yeah. been yeah. predetermined. Yeah
0: yeah. 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 I mean, that's what, I mean, Christ, I mean, Presbyterians believe in predestination. And so, like, yeah. that in, was always a piece yeah. of it, too.
1: So, talking about the evangelical experience, like your buddy, for example, um, there, and I'm not speaking for him, I'm right. just speaking from my own personal experience. There is so much guilt and pressure on you to be able to save people. Mm. So it's, and for me, it's not necessarily about like trying to convince you that I'm right. But it, for me, it was more along the lines of, I have the power to be able to save this Mm. person from hell. Yeah. And I'm genuinely afraid that they're going to go to hell. So I will keep talking and keep talking and keep talking until I know that they've at least been baptized and said the prayer, said the magic words, whatever. And then I can mark them off my list. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of um, guilt and that type of pressure that is put on the average Christian, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, especially leaders, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: um, Is off the charts. And, 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 this is just my two cents. I don't see that type of pressure, especially reading the gospels, coming from Jesus. Right. Of being able to like put these high-pressure sales tactics mm. on people. And it really for me, I was that guy. Mm. It prevented me from um seeing you. It prevented me from seeing other people. It prevented me from giving a shit about you or like investing any time or anything like that. Like as long as I know that you've, you've said those words and everything, you're and you're good. You know, was yeah. like, uh, like close-minded. I was close-minded. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. No, like, I,
0: I, I, I was too. Like I, I felt the same way. Like I mean, I was the same way. Like I was very like my friendships were based on like trying to save friends. I lost. I mean, i in high school. Like I lost many friends because of being too judgmental on them for not being Christian or judging them for having sex with their girlfriend because they were because they were Christian, but they were now sinning in front of me and I was like that was that was wrong and I was like super judgmental and I like it just it, it always that always felt I didn't I didn't like those feelings and and now as an adult like I don't like those type of relationships where like I can tell like oh you only want to be friends with me because you see the opportunity to save me
1: you want something from yeah,
0: me yeah and like I Why? If I do get saved, like, I don't know, like, what that means or what that looks like for them, but, like, it's just, you know, I just don't like it. I don't like that. I don't either. I don't like, like, if you want to be friends with me, just be friends with me, like, and if you're a Christian, like, that's great, but, like, you know, don't be trying to, I know that it's, you're in your religion to try to, like, save all your friends and tell them, but, like, you've done, you've done your job, like... I I know that it exists. I know that it's here, but you—he ha- hasn't done his job. Oh, that's true. He has. <laughs>
1: so the uh, you know the, it's it's very much that type of mindset and that type of pressure. Like every single time I'll meet with you, like how am I going to work in Jesus? How am I going right. to steer the
2: conversation? You know what I'm saying? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, does that still exist? I mean, like, I mean, I know. Does that still exist for? Like, do you try to bring up Christ- like Jesus and- for me personally? Yeah, yeah. No, but never he's talking in your context church context it is still. Yeah, exist? yeah, yeah. Back in the yeah. day. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
2: back in the day, but you're only talking two years. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like this is still pretty recent. The the denomination I was a part of, and I, I have a feeling this was partly what attracted me to it, is what you're talking about. Although I did not think it through that way at the time. But I grew up in a church like you're describing in the sense of, I mean, I think I was talking to you, Chris, that how many tracks I've passed out. In my life, you know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, you were, yeah. Um, and, like, my church had a tract rack, and every once in a while... It What's be, that? Oh, it's a rack with tracks. Do you know what tracks are? No. They're the little, like, paper, like, <laughs> Saying how to go in hell. And... Type, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Type thing, the four rules of, the yeah. four, you know, whatever. Okay. And so we would have a rack, like a magazine rack type mm. thing with 20 different types of tracks, And every once in a while it would even get mentioned not necessarily in a sermon, but, like, from the leadership, like, hey, we haven't had to refill that in a while, guys, you know, mm. like. And so that was one thing I did is I I would make goals sometimes. I was a pretty young kid, but yeah. and I would hand them out. Yeah. And uh, so that denominator, so the first 25 years of my life was that type yeah. of environment. The last 10 years of my life or 12 has been um, the more Calvinist-leaning, and so everyone's predestined. It's still my job to go tell people, but the pressure's off the tell teller. people the gospel. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but the pressure's off because that person's already been predetermined. It just may be that God may have chosen to use me in the situation to bring them to himself. So there wasn't the pressure. Is that okay? Yeah. It does. And I'm just I'm I'm, I'm I'm tracking. I'm not stating I mean current Feelings on the subject. I'm just stating what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so I mean, I'm picking up. So I could come talk to you, Brandon, about it, but not walk away feeling like crap. What did I say wrong? Right. Absolutely. You know, because yeah, you're real. either predetermined or you're not. God has still called me to share, so I'm obeying God. Mm. But it really doesn't impact my standing. Yeah. Either with God or with the church. If you um, don't accept Jesus, right. So no, no pressure in that sense. Well, and that you. was not the point. Of why they teach that, but that was the result. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, totally it's, understand what you're saying about like, man, how am I going to work Jesus into this conversation? Absolutely. Or how long have you been friends with this person and you haven't told them about absolutely. Jesus? That was another yeah. big thing. Same thing. Yeah, like where
1: I am now, it's it's funny that it's come this far, come 180. Like, um, we've had several groups. I would say within the last couple of months that have come down, really Christian groups have come down handing out tracks. Okay. And for some reason, okay, the revival, it, like, sits right in the heart of downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get a lot of folks. There are a ton of folks as far as, like, uh, you know, people coming to get a meal and things like that. And it it draws a crowd. Yeah. There's a big crowd. Yeah. And for some reason, um, religious groups see this opportunity, and for some reason, a lot of them see them as unsaved. For whatever reason, see the homeless
2: as unsaved. You're being too kind. For whatever reason, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, <laughs> good
1: call, good call. Um, like this is the mission field uh, yeah. in their um, in their eyes, <laughs> and so they we get a lot of groups that have come down. And they are handing out, like, I'm just going to say propaganda. Like, (laughs) they're handing out this literature that says, hey, what do you have to do to go to hell? Nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's got fire (laughs) and it's got...
2: That one was good. It's got flames on on it
1: and stuff like this. And I have finally had to come to the realization, I finally had to... uh, I've confronted these people. I've I've actually talked to these people, and I say, hey, you can't hand this stuff out here. Yeah, um, that's good. We're creating a safe environment um, where we don't want people to feel like they have to um, take these things from you in order to get a meal yeah. or to get a blanket or anything like that. And I've gotten into arguments with a lot of these groups and stuff like that. I, to answer your question, man, like – <laughs> I really don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just be—I'll uh, just be point blank. I—I um, I really just want to love. Yeah. I really just want to. Um, There's a lot of us out there, and not just downtown, but in the entire world. That uh, like hate is all we experience, and especially uh, if you're going through the homeless experience right now. Like you get hatred from all sides, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, hatred from the top down, hatred from those guys you were talking about honking under the freeway. You know, telling them get a job, blah blah blah. No. It's like uh, Bryce would say, you know, I I just want to be like the highlight in their week, that one bright spot. Mm. Um, like so, I have zero agenda other than to um try and love you. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm not always successful at it. Like, one of the things I was realizing, in Hawaii, there's a big homeless population. Mm. It's uh, built into... Obviously, I might go be homeless. (laughs) (laughs) It's built into their law. It's called the uh, splintered paddle uh, law. In 1976, they built it into their law that anywhere on city property, on the outskirts, that anywhere that's not private property, homeless can camp and they're left alone as long as they're not aggravating as long as they're not uh, aggressive um so there's a large homeless population and and people just live with it you know what i'm saying it's not a blight it's not a a eyesore or anything like that
2: um when you say it's not an eyesore do you mean it's not considered an eyesore or is it actually different because they're allowed to live differently to the locals i don't think it's a, a big deal but i mean for you is it it does it look the same as spokane in the yeah, sense of but, uh, there's I'm, blue tarps and tarps yeah 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 okay, absolutely yeah. so it's yeah. the exact like if i if you took a picture of a homeless uh, encampments in the wrong word but homeless area in hawaii and one in spokane it would look the same yeah okay. absolutely okay. absolutely okay. so it's not considered an eyesore the no. same way it is here no okay um i was hoping for a different answer <laughs> I mean, are you getting that? Does it look more lived in? I was hoping that if people were allowed to exist, that they would, um, that you would have noticed a difference in the population, Mm. like, like what? uh, Even even just that the community and the homeless population had figured out a way to coexist in a way that wasn't like like for example the the trash issue is an issue. Absolutely. Like, I it's not as big as the people issue, right? The, the fact that it's people living under the bridge. But it is an issue. And so I was hoping that you would say that since... Since the homeless are not considered a blight, that some of those other issues had resolved themselves. Well, um, so what... <laughs> Um, my folks had like a
1: surplus of bottled water and oranges that they had gotten from Costco over there. And I said to Liz, I'm like, Hey, let's go hand them out. And so we were over there and we're handing them out, um, at the camp and stuff like that. And, uh, we went and talked to, uh, just happened to run across this, uh, janitor guy, like, uh, who was keeping, uh, Picking up the park, like and everything a city like worker. That. Yeah, a city okay. worker, employee. Employee. Yeah. His name was Easy, by the nice. way. Yeah, and he started out by, um, like kind of being angry towards them, you know, and the trash thing and blah blah blah, you know. And I was like, wow, this is familiar, you know. I was like, oh, I I I hear a lot of the same things here. Mm. Um, and then slowly, uh, he starts talking about like. Hey, we need to care for them as well. Mm, yeah. Um that he had just come to accept it, he had just it, it was just a part of his life. Um that this is just kind of built in, it's like especially when it's part of the law, the state law mm. like yeah. Okay, we're going to have to coexist somehow, you know? It's like there's going to have to be and you know, I don't know if we need to provide more trash cans or porta potties or whatever. Right. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, You're I, providing trash
2: know. cans at your house, and obviously the big difference is we pay for that service, correct? Right. But it's not, like, if, if the city said we're not picking up trash from <laughs> Nathan's neighborhood, I guarantee everyone's house would look a bit right. trashy from time to time because we don't have, you know, whatever. We didn't make the dump run that week, and now there's... 25 bags of trash sitting out by my back fence right uh, so yeah some of its perspective like that the big difference that everyone gripes about of course is you pay for it and if the city starts offering a free trash service for homeless then who's paying for it well i am right because i pay my taxes my and so that money has to come from somewhere you know so it's a so I kind
1: of, <gasps> so I kinda, sorry, sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to veer us off track, no, but I, what I was going to say is I'm not always successful at it, um, at actual loving people. Gotcha. Oh, that's where we were. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I,
0: I understand what you're saying.
1: Um, while I was there, and I'm just being 100% transparent, while I was there, I saw um, these encampments, and I said, someone's going to have to pick up that trash. That was in the back of my head of, like, mm. I I didn't see the people at first. I saw the result. I saw the burden, hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I saw the yeah. – um, and so at that point, I <laughs> – and like I said, I, I'm not always successful at it. But I find that it really helps, especially down at Revival – And again, I'm not always successful, but if I can stop what I'm doing and try to actually talk, um, try to actually connect um, just on a human level um, and uh, try to walk a mile in their shoes, try to experience their pain, try to experience their burdens. Um, There's one guy that we see every single week and he's been homeless since the age of seven and he's lost his legs due to frostbite. Um, just because he wants to be out there um, It's not a lack of housing It's anything like that But kind of full circle He wants to belong He mm-hmm. wants a family And uh, he has found a family In the folks downtown um, I think if For me Yeah, yeah I, for me I'll just say for me I need to be able to slow down And be able to um, uh, try to keep an open mind. Try to listen. Try to uh, see these people. See everybody, not just homeless, but see everybody as human. And uh, yeah, and we all got our own shit. You know what I'm saying? We all got our own baggage. We all got our own problems. If that makes any sense, it
0: does. Well, to bring it back, like this all started from just being about how we communicate with people in a coming from a place of love versus a place of like, I need to save this person. Yeah. I want something from you. Like I want something from you. And so, and when you're talking about the, and I, when I, when you were talking about the people that come down and they're like passing out the, the tracks, I, I just immediately went to, well, I I did that. I didn't do tracks, but I, I came down, I, we went down to city gate and we would serve every once a month with my youth group. And, and it didn't come from a place of like, it came, I mean, it can I think it came, came from a place of love, but ultimately, we were led there because this is what Christian like. This is what Jesus did. He went and hung out with the, the lowest of lows. And like when that's what Christians always have in the back of their mind is like how they need to represent. I, in my opinion, need to represent Jesus is like I need to go there. And like, and a lot of times it doesn't come from a place of love. It comes from a place of like. I need to save these people and witness to them. Cause like there was always a time at city gate where we were like, we would serve and then we would go sit with the homeless people. And then we always tried to get the conversation back to Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. And like, that was such a, like, th- th- these people don't need Jesus right now. They need, a, they need a warm meal and a place to sleep. Absolutely. And like, what's Jesus going to do for them? Like, I mean, Sometimes they just need a hug so you yeah know what I'm saying? They, and like sometimes they just need human human interaction like Absolutely. they just want like talk to like talk to someone It doesn't have to be about and maybe if the conversation goes that way, it goes that way, but like I think a lot of times i I see those groups go down to those places and it's coming from a place of like this is what Jesus did, but it's not coming it's not it's not why why it's not what Jesus was actually there for, like they're doing it for their own selfish reasons. And, so, and, and but they feel that they're
1: doing it from a place of love. Yeah, they feel, they feel. that they're doing it from a right standpoint. You yeah. know what I'm saying? At the
0: time, yeah. you know,
1: because I feel like we've all been there. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm
0: saying? Like, but I mean, the ultimate act would be like inviting these people back into your house. But absolutely, like, I mean, but that's that's a that's a tough thing to do. <laughs> like, I mean, it's something I'm you both struggle with. I've you've talked about on this podcast, and like that's a that's tough. Like. um so yeah, I and I but I I I think I think Christians hearts are in the right place most of the time. I but I I do think that there are pieces of it where it's just like I do see the side of it that's the ugly side of it and Absolutely. and I think that that's what that's always been my since I've left a church like that's always been my biggest gripe about it is the people who you know can sit in their comfy houses and complain about paying more taxes or not be, I'm like, this is all, I mean, these taxes that you're paying, like you, you tithe to your church. If you're a good Christian, like this is a tax is the same exact thing. It's going to people that need help. Like people get so tied up with their money and their place in life that like they don't think about like, I, I'm, I vote yes on most taxes because I think if it's there for good, then like people, someone else needs this money. Like I make enough money that I can give to that. My taxes can go towards other people. And like, and, but that was, it's always been my biggest gripe with like, like, especially in the last, like, you know, 12 years since Obama became president like i always saw the the right side being very vocal about that it always came from a place of like the aren't these are the, this is the right side and this is also usually the christian side and that's what always like made me super like frustrated about all of politics everything it's just like i want to and it's what's turned me off the christianity a lot is just that people's perspective on on all of this because i don't ever feel like i think they try to come from a place of love but ultimately it comes down to like number 1 what's best for me absolutely and i of, often think christians don't come from that perspective absolutely from the place of love at least like they come from the place of like i need to do what's best for myself absolutely and like that's always left a bad taste in my mouth cuz i know that that's not what that what christianity and being a follower crisis. I know that to, like, the, the exact opposite of what Jesus told you to do. Like, I totally agree. Hundred percent agree with. It.
1: So, okay, a question to both of you, and yeah. maybe this wraps it up. Yeah. Uh, so, what? Uh, in and maybe this is overused. Maybe this is right. But uh, what would you tell your former self, knowing what you know now? Invest in something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just uh, Bitcoin.
2: Bitcoin. Why don't you? Yeah. Why don't you go first? Oh, uh, what would I tell my former self? I don't. I I would say what I wish. And not saying you would receive it as a former no, self, yeah. but you know, like part of this is just I was thinking while you were talking, Brent. How old are you?
0: I'm 38. Yeah,
2: so we're all in that. I'm 39. You're like 52, 42. Chris. Is that what it is? <laughs> um, 42. Cool, 40. uh, we're all in that kind of age, I feel like, where you can finally look back yeah. and be like, so it's not really fair. You know, It's not even fair to judge, and I'm not saying anybody here is doing this, but half of our pastors and leaders, it's a time of pain for us in the local church. We're younger than we are now, you know, you I've had to go back and apologize to kids from my mm. youth group too. So like I get all that. But I I wish what I wish was different was I had been able to separate out the culture I lived in compared to what Jesus said. I wish that I had been more aware and I've read the whole Bible multiple times. But the parts that were emphasized, emphasized in the teaching, preaching examples, was a certain aspect, and it didn't take the whole thing into account the whole the whole teaching. Because, like you're saying, Brennan, that like one of your big things is how Christians spend money or how they complain about taxes, right. and right. I agree with you, um, but also there's a there's a way you can teach the bible that justifies that and so then it's not it's mm. it's not a they're not doing it for not even necessarily cuz that's what they want to do they just that's what they, that's what they believe that's yeah. what they were told they were supposed to do and obviously there's a certain level of anytime you teach something you're going to attract people that want to believe that anyway mm-hmm. so like that's why you have denominations a lot of times in churches is because this church teaches what I like about money and the gospel and this church is really evangelistic and I really like that. And, and so you tend to attract, so then churches get like in these echo chambers and it's not just churches. I mean, that's life, right? Like I tend to, I I was talking to my wife the other day that now I've just switched my echo chamber for people that don't see eye to eye with me instead of the other way around. Because like the guys that I hang out with now, (laughs) including you two, don't agree with me. And I, I like that. Um, and I mean, we don't agree. We don't, we couldn't all attend the same church is what I mean by that. Mm. Um, so I just wish, I wish I was more aware of people earlier. I wish that I had a different idea of how Jesus accepted people who disagreed with him because I grew up mostly in a, Hey, Jesus overturned tables type of environment yes Mm. he did once and what we do is we take the whole life of jesus and we like try to repeat it every day sure and so it's like if jesus overturned tables then i can be angry too and it's like he was angry like documented in the bible he got upset once in 33 years why don't we start there okay so you get do you want this to be your one time
0: Right, you know, yeah. like
2: I don't know if you're going to make sixty six, buddy. So you get like <laughs> one time to go. If we're really going to be like Jesus, you get one time to go <laughs> overturn table. Do you want this to be it? And most of Jesus's life was just, it seems like, spent caring for people. He was not shy to speak the truth, and I think that's relevant. Mm-hmm. But when he fed the five thousand, it didn't necessarily. I mean, he was. It was a. T- he was there teaching but it wasn't like in order to receive this food you must do this mm. you know so i wish it my life was way more balanced in that sense i believe there's a right and wrong i believe there's a truth i don't believe i have it all figured out but i believe it's out there and so by necessity some of us are more right than others some of us are more wrong than others we got to get there but we got to get there in a way that doesn't alienate people who are not like there's a few every culture has their, their people that probably should sit in jail. Like there's just people out there that probably should not be a part of society, but it's not a very high percentage yeah. and there's, we can do way better with just living with differences while all seeking the truth. Cause at some level we all are yeah. seeking truth. Some of us have been hurt enough or some people have been hurt enough I that agree. they've kind of quit on it. But, if they knew for sure there was a truth that they could find, they would probably go get it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my thoughts to your question. I don't know if it answered it, but
0: I I, I think, I think you did. I mean, I, in a, in a spirit, in a, from a spiritual perspective of what I would want to teach younger Brennan would be, you know, something that I've really adapted in the last three, three years is be more mindful. Um, I'm, wasn't ever very mindful. I'm, I'm I, I, at my core and at all of our cores, and this is something I will say came from learning about Christianity is that we're all evil, all evil. We're all sinful people. We all are selfish people. We all want what's best for us, our family. And that's ultimately what we care about. That's true for everyone. I mean, you're, everything you're going to do in your life is probably going to right. be, something selfish for yourself or your family.
1: Both in church and outside of church. Yeah, both
0: in church and outside of church. I would just tell myself, like, be more mindful of the people surrounding you and be more open to hearing their stories because I did spend a good portion of my 20s and 30s being really turned off by people that were coming from those extreme places of, Christianity and and I probably lost a lot of friendships because of that because I wasn't accepting because I wasn't even I was being like the Christians like I was not being accepting of what they believed and I it was like just the exact opposite like if you're Christian I don't want to have anything to do with you yeah and I would just say like be more mindful be able to learn about people's stories because once you get into the core of someone as a person they you're going to find out that they don't have everything figured out. They also are struggling and they want just as much help as you do. And I listened to a podcast the other day, and this guy uh, it was on the Mark Marin's podcast. It was Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch was on Taxi, um, the, the TV show Taxi. Uh he said this thing that was just so eye opening to me. He was talking about his parents and about how selfish they were and about how, like, that really affected him growing up because it's his parents and like they were, you know, they, they were they're his everything. And then he realized at one point that my dad was just a person who had struggles and had addictions and had, you know, wasn't a perfect person and. And we always we look at our parents like that we need to that they need to be perfect people, and that we need they need to have all the answers for their children, but ultimately they're just people and humans too, and they have problems and they want stuff and they and they did the best to try to probably raise you as good as they can as good as they could have, and like you need to give them grace and so the mindfulness comes from just being able to look at that and just be more conscious of where people are coming from like I gave my parents so much grief about getting divorced that like because that was what I based my entire reality off of that's why I got married when I was 21 was because my parents were married young and that's like that's what you did you get married when you're 21 because that's like that's what my parents did and then when they when they got divorced it was just a big shock it was just like now my life is my life has changed because you guys because you guys screwed up, and but my parents are just humans, they need to be able to they they need to be able to not have the the burden of like their kids' expectations, and the same goes for anyone in the world like you just need to have less expectations for of people and be more mindful of Of everyone's journey.
2: That's well said.
0: So,
1: man, that's good. I love it. it. (laughs) What what, what would you get in? What
0: would Chris? What would young Chris? What what would old Chris tell young Chris?
1: (laughs) I feel like uh, stay in Australia. uh, Yeah, I feel like you guys have pretty much uh, said a lot of the same things. Uh, Just. have more grace yeah. for folks. Uh, try to listen more. Um, yeah. <laughs> try to judge less. Uh, and and kind of what you were saying, like, um, it doesn't just apply to parents, but uh, a lot of our leaders, you know, like yeah, pastors, oh, yeah. anything like that. It's like they're just human. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like uh, uh, like you were saying, um, they don't have it figured out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like in – and. and so, maybe I would tell younger Chris, like, um, a lot of these folks that we're looking up to, you know, it's like, they're just on a different journey, they're just on a different mm-hmm. path, uh, just like you, you know, and um, and no one's got it figured out, and also uh, have grace for them, um, and be able to forgive yourself, Yeah, be able to uh, forgive others, and let shit go, and uh, forgive yourself,
0: so... Yeah. I think yeah. forgiveness, I think, yeah, I, I also say like grace has become a big word in my life. Like, cause I, I think it really relates to everyone. I mean, it was a, a very much a Christian term that I learned. Like g- grace was always like something you were like, give yourself grace because that's, it's, I say it all the time. I just say it to everyone because it's just people get so down on themselves because they screwed up or they didn't you know accomplish what they wanted to accomplish or they made someone upset or they said something that they shouldn't have said like we all have to be able to give ourselves that grace and like whether that comes from a a christian perspective a buddhist perspective Just, just any, a human perspective a human perpe- yeah like you it's know? just like grace is so is so real it doesn't Absolutely. have to be a religious thing at all nope. like just give yourself grace and don't Like, don't let your faults and your things that happen to you be your ultimate, like, ultimate judgment of who you are as a person. Or hold you back. (laughs) Or hold you back. Because, like, yeah, I I think there's so much that we could look back on and be, like, be upset with ourselves. Yeah,
1: I could have done that better. I could have done that better.
0: Yeah, like and I love Don't that. Do it again. I told this. I screwed up so many people's lives a couple like a year ago. I hired a bunch of friends, and they all got laid off. And and I've talked to the to, to a couple of them. They're like, man, I didn't podcast for a year because of what happened there. And I'm like, and I was just like, man, I hired all these people, and I and I led them to come work at a place that ultimately screwed them over. And they are all super angry about this. And I'm like, I could be really Mm. mad at myself for hiring them or bringing them in. But I'm like, ultimately, like, I have to let that go. Because if I was so burdened by what happened there, like, it would be... It would ruin my life. But because I have grace for my, my mistakes, I... I I can live with that, <laughs> and anyways, and so I, I know I'm, we're getting long here, but like I I I just I love that the the mindfulness and grace of of yourself is just is such a such a humongous tool that you can take anyone can take absolutely. So okay, I feel like that's a ending point mm-hmm. that shortest, works the
2: shortest one we've done in a while. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I guess Jake's the one that makes it go long. I yeah, blame him. Blame him. <laughs> yeah. so I think I think the longness was we started at seven and would just go until like now. It really, you can just start it. Oh, we we've gone to till like ten thirty. Oh, like, like 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 non recorded conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. We just go
2: to <laughs> whenever. Well, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. When you don't when you don't have a real job, you know. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> When just joking, um, also,
2: you don't have a real schedule with your real job, meaning or you have a flexible schedule. Oh with right, yeah, yeah that's so true. I think yeah. we all we all work plenty. It's, oh yeah, we, we just, all work. Plenty. We just all random happen to have. A little bit of flexibility in the schedule. I know. So, yeah. uh, Jonas
1: said that to me. Uh, I was coming back from vacation. I'm like, oh, I got a mural to do. And I got <laughs> this. He's like, that's really cool about your job, Des. Like, you can just, like, uh, figure out when you're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? It just ask it done. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Good luck getting there, son.
1: Do you
0: sign off or you say goodbye? Uh, well, no. I, I guess uh, thank you for listening,
1: mom. Yeah. <laughs> <My> <laughs> <mom's> Brennan's mom. <laughs> And, uh, as always, just a disclaimer that uh, we have no idea what we're talking about. We're just trying to, we're on the our own journey as well. So, if anybody has any uh, thoughts or anything like that or wants to ever come on and talk with us and yell at us, like, feel free. Um, but, as always, this is The Broken Podcast. Thank you for listening.